Well, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> Do you ever wish you could have a second chance? A second chance to say something different or maybe not say anything at all? A second chance to repair a relationship or make the most of some opportunity? A second chance to uh, chase a dream you deferred or followed through on a responsibility you avoided? If you're anything like me, you can probably think of more than just a few things for which uh, you wish you maybe had a second chance. And here's something you might not even consider, <clears throat> but sometimes I wish I had a second chance when I preached a sermon. Sometimes on Sunday afternoon, a whole new idea comes into my mind, which I could have, what, uh, what I would have hoped to have included in that day's sermon. It's kind of crazy, really, when you think about it. And my advisor at seminary liked to joke that the best sermon he preached each weekend was to himself on his way home from church. <laughs> Do you ever wish you could have had a second chance? And have you ever thought about this? Who deserves a second chance? Have you ever thought, what makes someone worthy of a second chance? On September 30th, 2015, the state of Georgia executed Kelly Gissendainer, who plotted the 1997 murder of her husband, Douglas. <clears throat> While in prison, Kelly converted to Christianity and demonstrated that hers was a genuine conversion. Notably, she earned a theology certificate from Emory University and ministered to other inmates with a message of God's love that gave them hope when they desperately needed it. A few of them had tried to, um, had attempted suicide. Well, as her execution date was drawing near, a group of former inmates tra um, transformed by Kelly's ministry joined many others who pleaded to the state for her clemency, including correctional officers, Pope Francis, and even Kelly's adult children who had lost their husband because of Kelly's actions. All those appeals for Kelly's sentence to be commuted to life in prison were denied. She was not given a second chance, even though she demonstrated a transformed life. Today's gospel lesson challenges us to expand our notion of who deserves mercy and who deserves second chances. And Jesus is the one who shows us the way. The passage, as we just read, begins by highlighting the mocking leveled at Jesus. The gospel doesn't dwell on the mechanics of the crucifixion because Luke knew his audience already knew that it was meant to humiliate a person and to have that person subject to a shameful death. But the mocking communicates how dismal things have gotten for Jesus. These taunts get closer and closer to him. We can see that the wolves are circling around, that they are closing in. The Jewish leaders are close enough that, they, that Jesus can hear him. 
And the soldiers who had already taken his garments come up to him and mock him, offering him that sour wine. And the final act of derision comes from that other person on the cross next to him, who I think is saying those things simply to try to show that he's powerful in the midst of being killed on a cross. Each of these taunts challenges Jesus to save himself as a demonstration of, of his identity as a king, and a king would have power. And their calls are for Jesus to demonstrate this power to save himself, and they address him then with titles, which, which are uh, powerful titles, but from their perspective, they really are ridiculing him and are even belittling him even more. These taunts are meant to get him to do something, like duck into a phone booth like the mild Clark Kent and then emerge as Superman, but here, Super Jesus, ready to show everyone who he really is in charge, that he has power, and that he can save himself. And the ironic thing about those titles that are used, Messiah, Chosen One, King, they are titles that he has, but they're linked to his crucifixion. Salvation that Jesus offers comes through the cross and not apart, of it, not apart from it. Salvation will not come from those expected displays of power. Well, the taunting that Jesus receives from that one criminal offends the other criminal uh, who was crucified with Jesus. So Luke focuses on these um, things that are happening between those two criminals who are there because they're guilty. As I said, the first criminal joins in spurning Jesus, mocking him, but the second criminal asks him for something, and it's really in a sharp contrast to the other one. While the others use titles to mock him, the second criminal um, names him in a very kind of intimate way. He calls him by name. And, it's, um, and then he does something else. He identifies him as king and that he will have a kingdom. Somehow this second criminal saw who Jesus was and trusted in his love for the world. And I wonder if perhaps it was because the first words out of Jesus' mouth on the cross were to those who executed him, about those who executed him. And he says, Father, forgive them they know not what they do. Jesus offers all who are involved in this execution preemptive forgiveness even before they've asked. This offers them all a second chance. Well, in the response to his request, Jesus grants this criminal salvation. Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. And here's the thing about Luke's gospel. Today is always used at key points to describe the arrival of Jesus' salvation to the world. When Jesus is born, which we will soon be celebrating, when Jesus is born, the angels announce to the shepherds, today a savior is born. When Jesus begins his ministry in the synagogue of his hometown, he says, today this text from Isaiah that proclaims the coming of the Savior, or with the coming of the Savior, the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the lame will walk, the prisoners will be set free, has been fulfilled in your hearing. And when Jesus visits the house of Zacchaeus, the tax collector, he says, Zacchaeus, 
Today, salvation has come to your house. But the last occurrence is here at the cross. And here Jesus says, uh, salvation has come to that criminal. And really, the possibility for any of the lost, salvation has come with the cross. Jesus invites that criminal into the presence of God with all his righteousness when he says, today you will be with me in paradise, even though, despite though, by Roman standards and by his own admission, he was uh, justly condemned. Here's what I think. This criminal gets a great big second chance. What do you all think? And so did Peter, who denied Jesus three times. So did Zacchaeus, the tax collector. So did the woman who committed adultery. So did the disciples who often misunderstood the, what the Jesus' ministry was all about. Jesus always works with and encourages those who are following them, giving them second chances too. One of the key themes of Jesus' death and resurrection is not simply that we have a second and final chance, but rather that we always have available to us another opportunity for new life and grace and mercy and forgiveness and transformation. Jesus' death Yes, it happens according to the rules of the world. There's nothing terribly unusual about it. We've all heard about people dying who, um, um, in, um, uh, excuse me, in an unjust way. We hear that all the time. But his resurrection is the thing that counts because it shows us something extraordinary happens after his death. His death and resurrection show us that a new realm has been ushered in, a new order where death does not have the last word on people's lives and where our mistakes and uh, regrets no longer define us forever. It doesn't have a final mark. God's unconditional love does. So on this Christ the King Sunday, Perhaps the thing we need to realize is that Jesus is not coming to just be one more typical king or ruler or president, but rather that he is ushering in an entirely new order into the world. A kingdom that is characterized by new life and hope and grace and above all else, love. The kind of love that never wearies in extending second chances to people, to us, to everyone. But I think here's the thing. We do not experience the fullness of this kingdom in this life. And that makes it hard at times because we would like to experience the fullness of God's kingdom in this life. But here's the good news. We get glimpses of it each and every day, foretaste of what God's kingdom will look, time, look like. We get a foretaste of it each and every time we hear the pastors announce the words of forgiveness, the words of absolution. You're forgiven in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Good news, folks. Good news. And we taste it. We taste it at the table where we receive the body and blood of Jesus, where we're reminded we're loved and forgiven. And we hear that promise of paradise being extended to us, 
To those crowds back then, yes. To that criminal on the cross, yes. But also to all of us. Which makes me wonder this Christ the King Sunday, where in our lives that we might long for a second chance. Where in our lives do we have regrets or disappointments that we'd like to change? Where do we need to hear that Jesus is the king of second chances so we can take that good news forward into our life in hope and empowered for change and transformation? Where do we need to hear God's promises that today things are different because of God's amazing grace? And hear this, people of God, Christ the King has granted us a second chance and sent us from this space, this worship, free to live in this new reality, repairing those relationships that need to be repaired, amending our speech and actions when we need to do just that, and empowering us to share all that we have with joy. This one we see that's hung on the cross by the Roman Empire is not merely challenging the ways of the world, but overturning them altogether. Jesus is establishing a new reign governed not by might or intimidation or use of power or judgment, but rather by love and grace and mercy. For he is king, reigning from an unlikely throne that grants second chances to us all. As a disciples or as disciples of Jesus, let us be bold and generous in sharing these second chances with others each and every day. And let us be about this ministry of reconciliation that offers second chances to the world. Amen.